It's Tuesday, July the 27th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Myanmar's junta annuls election results, and Bitcoin jumps on Amazon rumor. First, the world in brief. Myanmar's ruling military junta annulled the elections won by Aung San Suu Kyi's National League for Democracy in November, claiming they were not, quote, free and fair. The generals, who staged a coup on February 1st, said the NLD attempted to take power from other parties and candidates by, quote, misusing COVID-19 restrictions. The junta-appointed election commission also claimed to have discovered over 11 million cases of voting fraud. The Delta variant has revived America's anxiety about the pandemic, delaying plans to open borders and doff masks. International travel restrictions will remain in force through summer. Federal health officials said the government may upgrade its guidance on masks. And separately, New York City, the state of California and the Department of Veteran Affairs all announced plans to mandate vaccinations for public employees. America said its 18-year combat mission in Iraq will end this year, though American troops will continue to assist Iraqis in fighting Islamic State. Iraq's Prime Minister Mustafa al-Kadimi was in Washington for the announcement. His country is preparing for elections in October. Meanwhile, America's withdrawal from Afghanistan, 20 years on, has led to an escalation of violence there. Tesla astonished onlookers with its quarterly results, which showed revenues doubling since last year and profits up tenfold to $1.1 billion. The electric car maker managed this despite the headwinds of a lingering global chip shortage and sundry supply chain disruptions. It delivered 200,000 cars from April through June, and for the first time Tesla's solar and energy division earned more than it cost. Police in Tunisia raided Al Jazeera's office and expelled the news channel's staff a day after Kais Syed, the country's president, suspended parliament and ousted the prime minister, Hishem Mechichi. His party, Enada, called it a, quote, coup. The country, where the Arab Spring started in 2010, has suffered violent protests over a faltering economy and the failure to control COVID-19. The value of Bitcoin surged to almost $40,000, up by 12% in a day, after speculation that Amazon will soon start accepting the cryptocurrency as payment. The frenzy was fueled by a job posting by the e-commerce giant looking for someone to develop its, quote, digital currency and blockchain strategy. Attempts to close bets that Bitcoin's price would fall followed, boosting its value further. A takeover that would have merged Germany's two biggest residential landlords into one firm owning more than 500,000 flats collapsed. Vonovia had bid 19 billion euros, 22 billion dollars for its rival Deutsche Wohnen. But the deal fell apart after less than 50% of Deutsche Wohnen's shareholders voted for it. The growing power of large property firms after mergers has riled housing activists in recent years. And fact of the day. Until the 1950s, indigenous children at residential schools in Canada died at between two and five times the rate of their peers elsewhere in the country. And now, here's today's agenda. Congressional dissonance, investigating January 6th. 
More than six months after supporters of Donald Trump, the former president, stormed America's capital, disagreement over what happened still rages on. Nancy Pelosi, the top Democrat in the House of Representatives, convened a committee to investigate the incident. It holds its first hearing today, but probably will not produce a unanimous account. The two parties cannot even agree on its membership. Last week, Ms. Pelosi rejected two Republicans who had spread Mr. Trump's false claims of a stolen election. In response, Kevin McCarthy, the House Minority Leader, withdrew all the Republican nominees. That left Liz Cheney, shunned by her own party for dismissing electoral conspiracy theories, as the sole Republican member. On Sunday, Ms. Pelosi asked Adam Kinzinger, another fraud-skeptical Republican, to join her. Neither has the esteem among their colleagues to make Republicans accept the committee's account of events. Calls within the party to ostracize Mr. Kinzinger, along with Ms. Cheney, have already begun. Seeing Through Fog – The World Economy Today, the IMF publishes its global economic forecasts. Its predictions come as economists and financial markets are starting to question whether the world can continue to recover at the rapid rate it has managed so far. The biggest rebound in growth, made more impressive by a favourable comparison with last year's lockdown-induced slump, has probably passed. Consumers in the rich world are sitting on piles of hoarded cash, but the extent to which they will splurge is unclear. Emergency support programs, such as extensions to benefits and rent holidays, are starting to be withdrawn. Even more worryingly, the spread of the Delta variant of the coronavirus could tamp down activity and therefore spending. This seems most likely in places such as Southeast Asia, where much of the population is unvaccinated. But could it also occur in countries such as America and Britain, where vaccination rates are higher? That is just one of the many uncertainties the fund's boffins have had to ponder. The Wages of Sin – A Financial Scandal in the Vatican The Vatican has seen legal trials before, but nothing like the one that opens today. One of the defendants is a cardinal accused of embezzlement, Another, the former president of the Vatican's own financial regulatory body, charged with abuse of office and with favouring an intermediary alleged to have extorted 15 million euros, 17.7 million dollars, from the Holy See. They and eight other defendants, including senior Vatican officials and a businesswoman described as an intelligence expert, all deny wrongdoing. The case centres on the 350 million euro purchase of a London property, but also includes claims that the Cardinal, Angelo Becciu, gave money to his relatives and that the businesswoman spent money earmarked for hostage releases on luxury goods. The trial is central to Pope Francis's drive to clean up the Vatican's finances, but claims have been made that he himself knew about the controversial property deal. Class Dismissed – Online Tutoring in China Hardly a week goes by without some regulatory shock shaking up Chinese shares. This time, China's state council has issued rules that could destroy the country's burgeoning online tutoring industry. The rules ban new tutoring enterprises and demand that all existing ones become non-profit organisations. They are not allowed to list on the stock market or raise funds from foreign investors. 
The government claims that such companies have taken advantage of distance learning during the pandemic and cost parents too much money. Several large listed education companies could be forced to radically change their operations. Some could even be put out of business. As of yesterday, at least $19 billion has been wiped off the stock market capitalization of Gautu Tech Edu, New Oriental Education and Tal Education, the market leaders, since July 23rd when details of the new rules leaked. Further falls are expected. Such regulatory punishment is becoming commonplace. Earlier this month, the Chinese government cracked down on Didi, a ride-hailing company, just after it listed in New York. In his own words, Prince Harry's memoirs. The British royal family is a favourite topic of publishers. Several new books about Queen Elizabeth's long reign are printed each year. Perhaps only Princess Diana's life commands more attention. When Prince Philip died in April, editors scrambled to respond. Given the royal's penchant for tact and discretion, its members are usually the subjects rather than the authors of such works. That is, unless they have fallen from grace. Edward VIII and Wallace Simpson each detailed the events leading up to his abdication in 1936. Sarah Ferguson, Prince Andrew's ex-wife, has penned two memoirs. Now, in a book due in 2022, Prince Harry will reflect on his life thus far, striving to demonstrate that, quote, no matter where we come from, we have more in common than we think. Given the unflattering depiction of the institution he and his wife Meghan Markle offered in an interview with Oprah Winfrey in March, including allegations of racism, the royal family might prefer to read something else. Summer Quiz, Week 2 Up for another battle with our baristas in a summer quiz? For Week 2, we'll again serve up a daily question. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Thursday to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Tuesday Which big band leader was portrayed by James Stewart on film in The Story of His Life? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Hilaire Belloc, who was born on this day in 1870. Any subject can be made interesting, and therefore any subject can be made boring. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.